Okay, welcome back, everyone, to another episode of the Buffalo Beat here. Um, Joe Biscaglia, as always, with uh, my co-host, Matthew Fairburn. Thank you for joining us, however you are choosing to do so, whether it be on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or uh, right on the Athletics Podcast app. Um, thank you for, for doing that. And if you haven't yet, please uh, rate and subscribe to our podcast. It would be greatly appreciated. But the Buffalo Bills are up against the Cincinnati Bengals um, where they have their undefeated streak of six, four counting the preseason, at stake here um, up against a Bengals team that uh, will surely try to put out a much better effort than they did a week ago against the San Francisco 49ers. Um, Matthew, I think this matchup is intriguing because... The Bills know that they're going to get the Bengals' best shot here because this is, for Cincinnati, all hands on deck. If they go 0-3, that is, I mean, it's not impossible for them to come back and and try and push for the postseason, but it makes it awfully tough uh, from that point forward, But starting off in the whole three games. Yeah, the Bengals are going to be playing pretty much desperate, and they're not terrible. I, I mean, they're they're not great. The Bills should win this game. They're six-point favorites for a reason, but the Bengals have a little bit of talent. They have enough talent to be like, in some cases, the Bills teams of the last four or five years where they can put a scare into some teams. Andy Dalton is not Tom Brady or anything, but he, he's also not the worst quarterback in the league. So with the skill talent that he has around him with John Ross, Joe Mixon, there's a chance for this game to put a scare into the Bills if they're not on top of their game. But all they have to do is play the way they've played in the last six quarters or so, and I would say they have a a pretty strong chance to beat this team. It's just a matter of a lot of people in this community that follow this team have seen them get to this point before and have a letdown game Mm -hmm. or, you know, take their foot off the gas a little bit and show that they're the same old team. Well, if they're not, then they'll go into that Patriots game three and O with um, a convincing win, but they're not going to walk through this game. um, You know, with the, with the Bengals just handing one over. So we'll, I'll be interested to see, what version of the Bills we see yeah. on Sunday. Yeah, I, I agree there. This is this is a game that, that they should win, and they definitely have more talent across the board, just like they did last week uh, over the New York Giants. They have more talent across the board than the Cincinnati Bengals. Now, it's also being able to survive the best shot of someone, a desperate team, as you called them. Perfect way to, to sum them up, because they came so close to pulling off the upset in Seattle week one. And then they just got their doors blown off by San Francisco at home last week. It was a completely embarrassing loss. They, they just did not look the part whatsoever. So um, it, it's, it, it will be a test for the Bills, no doubt. They are going to see a much different Bengals side, at least you would think, just be, because you know we see it all the time. The bounce back, it, not you don't usually see a team unless they're the Dolphins or the Bills at the beginning part of last season, just be embarrassed from one week to the next. 
So um, we'll, we'll get into some of the matchups in a little bit. But I think where I first wanted to go was from a Bills perspective, the, the biggest topic surrounding this team right now is Devin Singletary, what's going on with him, and whether or not he'll be able to play. He did not practice both on Wednesday and Thursday. And it, uh, if I had to guess right now, I do not think he'll be playing in that game. I could be wrong. It's hamstring. They're always tricky. But um, I, I, I wouldn't feel right in telling, people, telling you guys that I think there, there's, a, there's a big chance that it happens. Yeah, you know, missing practice Wednesday and Thursday is never a good sign. Uh, he didn't look like he was doing a whole lot off to the side either. And I would say it's a safe bet that he'll miss this game, but that puts them in a that makes them a different offense. He's been, you know, a factor in a lot of their big plays early on. And, you know, that's that's a part of their running game that we'll be lacking without without him. I mean TJ Yeldon is a bit more dynamic than Frank Gore, but he's not Devin Singletary in terms of what he can do in the open field. He can, you know, make you pay as a pass catcher a little bit, but the tandem of Frank Gore and TJ Yeldon is a lot easier to slow down when you don't have a guy like Singletary to throw into the mix. And they didn't sound particularly eager to throw a third back uh, onto the, the active 46. We'll see if they change their mind between now and, Saturday when they would have to make a move, uh, maybe pull somebody up from the practice squad. But that's a, a pretty big blow to this offense, and it puts a little bit more pressure on Josh Allen and, and the passing game to be what they've been for six quarters or so um, it, to kind of keep this team on track. Yeah, so it's going to be up to Gore and T.J. Yeldon. I honestly think T.J. Yeldon could have a sneaky big role in this game because when – you go back and you watch how the, the 49ers just dismantled the Bengals. They gained, they gained a lot of yards on the ground. I think they were up around six yards per carry by their backs um, at, at the end of the game. And they also contributed in the, uh, in the passing game as well. I think, um, I don't know how to say his name, Mostert or Mostert, um, one, one or the other. He ended up with a 39-yard touchdown pass on a screen. And it just makes me think, or when watching how they were attacking them, they weren't really attacking them all that much up the middle. It was a lot of what we saw the Bills do against the Jets, where late in the game they were attacking the edges and you know trying to get the middle line or the linebackers to start to run and get in space. Same thing with getting them into pass coverage because – we know Preston Brown pretty well, and we also know he's not that great in coverage. And I think opposing teams know that by now as well. So I wonder if this is a, a sneaky little Yeldon game here where he might, uh, he might end up being just as involved, if not more so, than Gore. Because we know, we know Dable is not committed to making one guy the lead back week in and week out. We've seen Singletary do it against the Jets, then Gore lead the way against the Giants. It's all matchup-based, and I wonder if the matchup dictates that maybe Yeldon gets gets a fair run here. Yeah, I would say if they only dress two running backs, then there's really no choice but to get T.J. Yeldon involved in a big way. Neither one of these guys can really test them on the edge the way that Singletary does. Yeah, but I agree there. Yeldon can do it more than Gore can, and... Uh, you know, Gore hasn't been 
amazing these first two weeks. He's been what you would expect a 36-year-old running back to be, um, especially given the type of running back Gore has always been, a between-the-tackles kind of guy. But you need something else. And Yeldon is the closest thing you have to that. So he'll probably get a, a good amount of work, especially on passing downs. He'll be a, a real test for for Preston Brown, who, frankly, I haven't seen him play the last couple of years, but saw, saw him play enough in his first four to know that um, he's not going to be able to keep up a ton with with guys, uh, you know, out of the backfield or um, even tight ends for that matter. So it's a an area of weakness for that defense, but the Bills have now lost the main guy who they could have used to take advantage of it in a big way. Yeah, so it, th- those are those are key areas for them. Um, and then it almost feels like this passing offense is going to be a, a strong way to to kind of attack the Bengals. That's, uh, and you know, it, we, we have to, we can't go too much farther without talking about what happened with Tyler Croft. And we, we don't know if he'll be available. We're taping this on Thursday, the day that he got hurt. So it's all very new information. We don't know if he's going to be able to play on Sunday. Um, but, you know, that, that would have been a potential piece of a revenge game or something like that. Um, but I think this is where, Josh Allen has to has to come to play against a team that seems, I guess, vulnerable to allow a bunch of yards through the air as well, especially on the boundaries. I mean, it, it, William Jackson and Drake Kirkpatrick don't really, they don't really look great out there. Um, so I think there will be some space for for John Brown and and Cole Beasley and 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 all the B.W. Webb isn't exactly great as their slot corner either. So um, there are. Lots of matchups where it makes you go, okay, this this looks good for the Bills, and uh, honestly, that you that you see that throughout a lot of the roster, with a few exceptions, which is why it's it all leads to this, the bigger point. Like the Bills just need to take care of business here. This is this is a better team than the one they're going to be going up against, and they're going to be at home for the first time ever. They just can't let the moment be too big for them. Yeah, this is a, a very winnable game. Uh, a game that they they should win. I, I think the one thing you're concerned about on the Bengals' defense is probably Geno Atkins. I mean, if he's lined up over the top of Quentin Spain or even John Feliciano or Mitch Morris, I mean, the guy's just good. He's better than most people that he lines up against, mm-hmm. and that can ruin a game plan for you. If he's creating interior pressure and, and forcing Josh Allen out of the pocket you know, and making him think twice, he dealt with some pressure against the Giants, but um, didn't really deal with, you know, a tremendous amount of that interior pressure. And it would be a different kind of game for Josh Allen than he's had the first couple. So that could be a potential, you know, game wrecking situation. But even so, there's ways to neutralize that, and there's going to be chances to make plays. It's a matter of, uh, you know, this team remaining focused going into this game, which is. Uh, easier said than done. I mean, it's a a different kind of you know challenge for these guys to not read into the hype of being two and zero, not look ahead to the Patriots game. A little bit of a test for Sean McDermott um, as as a coach because they haven't been in this position too often where they're in a position to overlook a team. You know, they they haven't been you know six point favorites very often over it. the last couple of years. So 
This is a new thing for them. How do you think, like, does McDermott have a favorite speech lined up? I mean, this is this is new territory, like you just pointed out, where, you know, he's, they have been so accustomed to being like, we're Buffalo, nobody respects us, we're just going to go out and prove everybody wrong. But quite literally, everyone is ex- expecting them to win this game, especially at home, especially against a team that's 0-2 and look the way that they did against the 49ers last week. Like, that, this this is a very sneaky test for Sean McDermott and whether or not he can he can get his guys up for this game in the in the same way that he uh, he has helped them get through some of the, the tougher times as the underdog. Yeah, last week they were all convinced they were the underdog, which is kind of funny. I mean, and part of that probably has to do with Sean McDermott and all the Pat Shermer nonsense. And there were some people picking the Giants, I suppose, but the Bills were favored in the game. So, you know, you, you don't have, um, you can't really play that card too often, but I think they can do it to the extent of everybody was picking us to be third in the division. You know, you can hang your hat on that forever. And what they do have is the fact that everybody in that locker room essentially was somebody's second choice at some point and that sticks with you that's sort of a lasting underdog mentality that you don't need drilled into your head every week so this is an interesting test in that way obviously the new england game is the real benchmark for this team in terms of where they're at uh and whether they'll be a a legitimate contender for the division or um you know where exactly they stand like how good are they but this is also a test of can they beat teams they're supposed to beat. They did it last week. They snuck away against the Jets. But, uh, you know, this is there's different distractions that come with playing at home. And there's uh, different distractions that come with being a heavy favorite. And they're going to deal with both of those this week. Oh, my goodness. Are they ever? And I know they, they are not the type or they'll say they're not the type that, that looks ahead. But, like, could you imagine if – this is a 3-0 and team going up against a 3-0 and Patriots team and what, what that scene is going to look like at, at New Era Field. I mean, I know we're, we're in this week and, you know, some people are like, they'll, they'll incur the name of a, of a jinx or whatnot. I, I don't really think of that too often. We're allowed to look ahead. Yes. We, we don't have to take it one week. We, we certainly are. And which it just, if they take care of business the way that they should, this is like, that's setting up to be one of the biggest home games in recent memory, no doubt. Yeah, I would say the last Patriots game that was that big was the one after they beat the Colts when so, everybody was convinced they were good in 2015. 15, that's right. And they were going to try to break the sound record and, you know, all of that. It obviously didn't work out. Um Really, since then, I don't know that they've had a home game that's been quite that would be what that Patriots game would be with two three and O teams. And you know, when I look back and we talked about some of these teams that have been here before, twenty fourteen they were two and O, twenty eleven they were three and O, two thousand eight they were four and O, I believe. You know, the difference I think that makes those comparisons tricky is that the quarterback could change everything. And if the quarterback is legitimately good, 
and he looks pretty good so far, mm-hmm. then throw 2014 out the window because EJ Manuel was benched four games into that season. Mm. Throw 2011 out the window because that defense was terrible, and this defense is legitimately good. And Ryan Fitzpatrick was a bit of a fraud is a strong word, but he wasn't as good as, you know. Be careful uh, as, uh Fitz has thought of very fondly yeah, I mean, in these parts. Good guy, um, but he was certainly – not what met the eye. Um, that offense put up some points, but that defense was not what this defense is. 2008, Trent Edwards, I mean, didn't inspire. I mean, I wasn't here, but I can't imagine he inspired what Josh Allen is inspiring right now at the around early, town. At the early stages, he was, and then once the moniker Trentative uh, started to get established, it was over. From that point forward, I'm I'm actually surprised it, he held on as long as he did. Yeah, I mean, he wouldn't be the first guy to get a little bit of love. I mean, Nathan Peterman got some love Ooh, for a little while, did he not? He so did. lots of love. You know, people convince themselves of some funny things, but the difference is they might have a quarterback. Mm-hmm. The man who takes as much heat as anybody for being negative and grouchy jerry sullivan has declared this the best bills team in 20 years and it's hard to argue it is if you go back and and look at some of them in terms of talent level and what they're building and they would probably cringe at the thought and the expectations and whatever else but which team is necessarily better i mean you could go back to 2004 maybe um but that's where I think this gets a little bit different is, you know, 2015 was too small of a sample size to be as excited as Bills fans were, but they were, you know, justifiably jacked up um, because the Colts looked like, you know, an AFC title contender and the Bills knocked them off. So they thought they had a chance to do the same thing to the Patriots and they were dead wrong mm-hmm. because they were wrong about the Colts. So it was easy to, to miss that one, but, here it's it's interesting. If they beat the Bengals, take care of business, and continue to look the way they do, Tom Brady's – this sentence will be true every time I speak it. Tom Brady is as old as he's ever been, and he's only <laughs> getting older. So he'll be older next week than he is really today. Really going out on a limb so there, Mr. So he's, he's not what he was in 2015. He's still pretty good. (laughs) He's got Antonio Brown. Uh, He's got Josh Gordon. Maybe we'll have Antonio Brown for that game. Who knows? Julian Edelman. Um, Between now and then, Antonio Brown could do any number of things. Heck, Uh, even Philip Dorsett is doing things when he's given the opportunity. He's got good running backs. They've got some injuries on the offensive line, but, you know, still a pretty good group. So that's what's at stake is that, you know, they have a chance to be playing some huge games. And I don't even think, I mean, you could say the Patriots one is the biggest one because, you know, if you really think they have a chance at the division, but Mm -hmm. the Titans might be just as big for the wild card race. And, you know, that's probably the one that you circle and say, you know, in week five, I think by the time this team heads into the bye week, it'll be pretty clear what, you know, what they are Mm -hmm. because they'll have games, three games that they should win to start the season a game that they shouldn't against the Patriots and a toss up against the Titans who are 
still a tough out. I mean, they're not, I don't think, a threat to win the Super Bowl, but they're a tough out. They went 9-7 and seven the last two years. They have a quarterback who, you know, isn't a no-brainer franchise guy, but he's not terrible either, and the defense can play. And that game's on the road. So, overall, I think you get a picture of what this team is through five games, and what I think that picture will say is that they're a team that should make the playoffs. <laughs> I, that that's what I'm that's what I'm thinking too, and I, I know it was like you always have to temper it just because you're like okay, the first couple of weeks can be deceiving if if they come across as fluky wins, but the the way that the Bills have talent at a lot of different positions, and they've built this team really well. It makes you go, all right, this is this is a team that should be favored in a lot of the games that they are playing. I mean, New England notwithstanding, but the Cincinnati game, this is a team this is a game that good teams win. Without question. Cincinnati is in a weird spot right now with their franchise. They've got a brand new head coach, Marvin Lewis is finally out. Um Andy Dalton is still their quarterback. How long is he going to continue being their quarterback? Who the heck knows? They're still trying to figure out who they are on offense with a new offensive-minded head coach. Their defense is kind of trash outside of Geno Atkins and Andrew Billings up the middle. Like, this is this is a team that is in flux right now. Their offensive line is horrid. Um, and they just lost another player, Michael Jordan, uh, their left guard, who is okay, but his, his backup's probably going to be worse. Um, Andre Smith is their starting left tackle because Cordy Glenn is dealing with a concussion. Um, their player who's probably going to wind up being a first-round bust, Billy Price, is now in the lineup for, for Michael Jordan at, at left guard. So it, it, it's, it's not looking great. They have got a couple of nice pieces like A.J. Brown, whenever, AJ Green, whenever he gets back on the field, he's, he's still good. Tyler Boyd's a really good player. Joe Mixon's a really good player, but... John Ross can play. John Ross can play. So that, Don't you forget about John I Ross. Won't. I refuse. Tyler Eifert can still play a little bit. Um, but the Bills just have, across the board, they, they have someone to help thwart what the Bengals are best at, which is kind of unusual because we haven't really we've been like, oh, well, you know, who, who's a good example here? Oh, John Miller, who's starting for the Bengals, by the way. John Miller's a right guard. Um, Geno Atkins is going to light him up. No, it's, it's they don't really have much of that anymore. So this is a game they have to win. Go through the schedule, and you've got the Bengals, the Dolphins twice, Washington, Denver, Pittsburgh without Ben Roethlisberger. Cleveland is a semi-winnable game. And then you've got, for tough games, Philly, Baltimore, two against New England, and Dallas, at Dallas. Mm -hmm. You got the Jets again. So those five games I mentioned, they could lose all five and still get to well it would be would it be five or six am i counting wrong philly dallas baltimore new england twice five so go 11 and five 
even if you lose all those games. Now you got to take care of business in some sort of toss-up games. Cleveland, Cleveland is a little bit of a mm-hmm. toss-up game. Absolutely. Tennessee's a toss-up game. Washington looks a, maybe a little better than Darnold will probably be back. The next Darnold time they play will the be Jets. back next next time they play the Jets. But I mean, oh, by the way, uh, just breaking as we're recording, Josh Rosen has been named the starter of the Dolphins. So you got to contend with that. No, probably not. So when you look at the schedule, it's pretty easy. The Bills look pretty good. Before the season, it was like, okay, maybe this is a 9-10 win team, but we'll see how the offense looks. Now that the offense looks competent mm-hmm. and the defense still looks great, I see no reason not to set the bar at 10 or 11 as opposed to 8 or 9. I think the bar is 10. I mean, I, I could easily see this team having the talent they do as long as they stay relatively healthy. And Like, if Josh Allen goes down, this completely goes to shit. But if... Allen remains healthy. There's no reason to think that this team couldn't do this. And it's it's so alarming getting to this point at this point in the season. Because this time last year, we're like, well, I don't know what the hell they're doing. <laughs> like, they were 0-2. They look like complete hell. And it's crazy what they've done in a year to kind of reshape things. But, again, it all has to go to... If you beat Cincinnati, you're not a pretender. If you lose to Cincinnati at home after beating uh, a uh, a mono-laden Sam Darnold and a Giants team that was just about to sub out their longtime quarterback for their rookie, then people go, all right, well, are the Bills actually legit? But if you're 3-0, and then you give New England a game, maybe even beat them at home, then you're a contender. So, uh, yeah, this, this is this is, a, this is a game that good teams win. And they there are no reasons to think that, that, they, that they can't win this game. I mean, there are, there are obvious good players on the field for Cincinnati that we, that we laid out. But it's, it's nothing to where it, it's so overwhelming to make you go, yeah, you know that that might that might cost him the game there. I, it, it, like I said, the Bills Bills have an answer, so this is this is a should have. I would say they should go into the bye week at least three and two yeah. at the absolute worst, and really it should be expected to be four and one. And at that point, then you're you're cooking with gas if you're the Bills because your schedule sets up for you to really get on a roll after the bye week playing at home against some, you know, beatable teams and the Eagles who are going to be tough, but they're not unbeatable. So that's the the realistic thing around here is that the Bills might be good. Mm-hmm. And in a down year in the AFC, mind you. Right. And it doesn't mean they'll be good next year or good for 10 years straight, but this is setting up to work in their favor. Like you said, Josh Allen has to stay healthy. Even if he goes down for a couple of games, I think they can survive. Uh, I think Matt Barkley can hang in there for a few games. If Matt Barkley has to carry them the rest of the season, obviously that would be a different story. But the way things are constructed at the moment, they're in good shape and uh, will be in good shape going forward as long as they don't lose sight of, of what they've been here in the last 
six quarters. Mm-hmm. I feel I feel uh, terrible that last week we forgot to include this because one of our listeners were like, "Hey, you should do this for for your preview pod," and I go, "That's a great idea." Then I completely blew it and forgot about it last Typical. week. Typical. I know. I know. What do, what, do, what do you want? I'm owning up to my mistakes. I'm trying to be better. Disappointing. Well, you I don't even know what it was. You could have reminded me as well. I think I told you about it. Um, someone wrote in and said, hey, every week you should do the Shaq Lawson meditation prediction of the week. So, A, have you meditated and seen the light a la Shaq Lawson seeing the score of 17 to 16 uh, about an hour before it happened against the Jets. So who do you have in this week? I think the Bills will win 27 to 10. 27 to 10. So win and cover. Win and cover. Okay. Um, I will go with the Bills winning this game. But I don't feel strongly about the cover because I think they are going to get a very good shot from from Cincinnati here. You know, Josh Allen has not turned the ball over in a while, and and he he tends to do that from he's time due. to time. He 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 might just be due. I like Drake Kirkpatrick. I think he's a ball player. Okay. Um, I like Geno Atkins, and I think he can probably if you're force into a that bubble. sort of thing. Yeah, it, like Geno Atkins against Quinton Spain is probably the the one area where I'm like, yeah, not that that one doesn't look great. Um, and I do think Tyler Boyd will be able to do some things against the the nickel cornerbacks when he's lined up in the slot. Um, it's just a matter of minimizing those, and because he he might be one of the main ones to stop here, and Tremaine Edmonds needs to do a better job of getting off his blocks um, to help out with Joe Mixon, because Mixon is still a talented runner even if he's hobbled by the ankle injury. Yeah, I, I would I would I, I think. So I, their I, running game is interesting yeah. in this one. I, I don't know. If, their line sucks, but Mixon's great. Mixon is very good, and we haven't gotten a look at their running game because the game scripts of their games have been kind of strange. So that's going to be an interesting thing to look for. Yeah. So I I think I I'm going to take the Bills to win by a field goal in this game. Um, and it you know Cincinnati beats the spread, but the Bills still get the victory. I think the Bills are too talented to, to lose, or they should be too talented to lose this game. So I, I'll take the Bills and, by proxy, the Bengals. So there you have it. You you went all Bills? Sitting right on the fence, hedging your bet. That's not hedging. Are you kidding? That's 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 saying it's going to be within six points. Yeah, you're picking the Bills, but you're not really picking the Bills. No, I'm picking the Bills to win straight up. Yeah, you are, but everybody out there knows that you're sitting on the fence. No, I don't think I am. I, I think I think it takes some gumption to As go. As Mike Mayock Bill recently said, you're either all in or you're all out. I don't I don't know that to be true. Well, that's why we pick them against the spread. Yeah. I'll be taking the Bills against the spread. Okay. You do it. Um, but we won't be in New Jersey, so. <laughs> oh, thank goodness. So we won't be able to take anybody against the spread. This yeah. is only theoretical. Yeah, theoretical spreads. Um, Surgeons do not recommend taking these bets. <laughs> uh, okay, so um, it should be interesting on on uh, on Sunday. And if they if they end up winning, we're gonna have a lot to talk about on Sunday night, Matthew Fairburn. All right, that's gonna do it for us. The next time we will speak will be uh, 
at uh, New Era Field, and it will be after the game in which either the Bills wind up 2-1 and one in a bit of a disappointment, or they're setting themselves up for what could be one of the biggest home games in a long time against New England in Week 4 as, as a 3-0 team. We'll see. So uh, it should be fun. So for Matthew Fairburn, my name is Joe Biscaglia. Thank you all for listening to this episode of the Buffalo Beat. And oh, by the way, I almost forgot, and I'm sorry that I almost forgot. We, uh, If you want to find out the uh, what's going on with the Bengals, we have the uh, Hear That Podcast Growlin' um, show, which is a Bengals. Hell of a name. <laughs> yeah. Bengals-centric podcast hosted by Paul Denner Jr. and Jay Morrison. I went on that podcast this week. Did you know? So that's... All the more reason to listen. Interesting. Um, Who knows what I said? So yeah, they, they give you a. <laughs> I think I think we have a pretty good idea at this eh, point. That's what you think, but you'll have to listen to find out. No, that's that's a tease and a half. So yeah, if you want if you want the Bengals perspective, go look up, hear that podcast growling on on iTunes, Spotify, or on the Athletic Podcast app. Okay, for real this time, for Matthew Fairburn, I'm Joe Biscaglia. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you then. <laughs>